0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: And we are live. It is Easter morning edition of the field of 68 best bets podcasts and best bets live stream. This one's going to be quick. I have some, uh, some Easter bunny duties that I'm going to have to fill here what? in a little bit. Um, what are you, Easter bunny? What do you dress up like the Easter bunny? No, 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 no. Just go have some fun. Just do a little Easter egg hunt. Um, I got to go make some breakfast. Uh, we got some croissants, some nice fresh croissants. We have some apple fritters. I got to go make a, I got a pile of bacon like this big that I got to go make. You um, cook I, all that? And
2: Gabrielle doesn't cook?
1: Oh, trust me. I'm a good cook. Trust. Me. She doesn't cook at all. You want what I made for dinner last night? How about this? Go ahead. Take, take a pork tenderloin. You season it with uh, with with apple and marinade. I took a pound of bacon. I made. A, do you know what a bacon weave is? No. It's when you lay the six pieces of bacon down, and then six pieces of bacon down this way, and weave them together. Right. Does that make sense? You Kay. wrap. You wrap the uh, the pork tenderloin. Right. Then you season the outside of the bacon. Okay. Then you throw it on the smoker right? You get, you throw it on the smoke for an hour. Then you make a glaze of maple sugar or uh, maple syrup, brown sugar, and a little bit of bourbon, right? And you, yep. Glaze, yep. you glaze the outside of the uh, the bacon. And that's what I made for dinner last night. It was unbelievable. Maybe the best thing I've ever eaten my entire yeah, life.
2: B- B2 Atlantic's right. Your cooking is better than you get gambling picks. <laughs> yes.
1: You're, you're, you're right. You're right. All right. So, Jeff, you were there last night. You were in the building. Um, we've all seen the shot. If you're watching this, there's there's no doubt you've seen this shot. So, take me through what that moment was like for you in the building. What did it sound like? What did it feel like? Where were you sitting? Did Jalen Suggs come and jump on your lap? What happened? Talk me through it.
2: No, but I, I mean, we had good seats. I was first row behind the basket on the other side. I had a great, great uh, view of it and I had a great view of Johnny Juzang tying it up I mean you know he he drives to the basket misses his shot gets the put back I'm like all right we're going to double overtime here right like we're getting five more minutes this is awesome and it's it just been a, a obviously a great game throughout you know you you had the underdog UCLA which we thought was going to go away all game and it never did it never did you know I think it was more honestly like UCLA that we've not underrated them all year, but just how they stepped up and played in the tournament, you know, the level of play all tournament long. Uh, they match baskets with Gonzaga all night for the most part. And uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, Jalen to gets the ball, and I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Holy fucking shit. Like, it was just, like, shock, I think, more than anything. Absolute shock and, and mayhem uh, with Gonzaga. You just wish, and I tweeted this, you know, in the building, among the media, we're all looking at each other. But you just wish you weren't looking at cardboard cutouts. And that's what you're looking at. You were looking at, I I couldn't even see the people because there are so many cardboard cutouts that I couldn't see the people, um, you know, in in the crowd. It just didn't, it didn't have that juice to it. It didn't have it. Um, It was an amazing moment one of the best games of all time that, that frankly didn't have any atmosphere in, in the building, which was just, it, it was sad for those kids, um, for Gonzaga and UCLA, frankly. And, you know, it, it was just Jalen Suggs is just amazing, man. Like we, we said it early in the season, he should be in the mix for the number one overall pick. And I had an NBA GM multiple ones told me last night, cause I had done a poll, earlier in the year, maybe halfway through the year. And at that point, it was Cade. But Jalen Suggs was kind of on his ass a little bit when I pulled the NBA guys. And I have one of them who picked Jalen Suggs then. And he said, that's why I picked Jalen Suggs. Like, the guy has just big cojones. Uh, He'll make big shots. And he can just, I mean, again, like, not only that shot, that block. So he hits the biggest shot of the game. Gets the biggest block of the game and has the best pass of the game, all in one basically two sequences.
1: Yeah. So the the thing about the the block and the pass, everyone's gonna remember the shot because everybody always remembers the shot. Like that's going down in lore with Chris Jenkins and Christian Leitner and Bryce Drew and all of these shots. And and um, but the 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 block and the pass were the two plays that to me. are are the reason why Jalen Suggs was in a position to be able to make that shot. Because if he doesn't get that blocked, that's a four-point swing right there, right? Because Cody Riley had a wide-open dunk. There's no reason he should have been able to block that shot. Riley had a wide-open dunk. And and Suggs got a finger on it. Coming down the other direction, he threw a one-handed bounce pass from behind half court that led to a dunk. Think about that for a second. Behind half court, one-handed bounce pass to a dunk. And that goes from what should have been a 79-77 UCLA lead with two minutes left to a 79-77 Gonzaga lead with two minutes Big left, difference. That, Big difference. That, that, which is a huge, huge, huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I want to say is that not only was that ability to, to break the game open a perfect example of what Jalen Suggs is right now, but the possession ex- immediately before that was a perfect example of what Jalen Suggs is right now because he did one of the dumbest things you could ever, ever do on a basketball court. Johnny Juzang, right wing, entry pass into Cody Riley. The one thing you never do on an entry pass from the strong side is leave your man and go double the post, especially the guy that you are leaving to double has not missed a shot in six weeks. Amazing. Why are you leaving Johnny Juzang there? Yeah. He bangs a three that put UCLA up by two, or put UCLA up by one. Um, So the fact that he was able to bounce back from that Something that, like in, yeah. in a different setting, would get him benched for two weeks. Like, did you see Mark Few never shows emotion on the bench? And Mark, they, they zoomed in on Mark Few, and he was fired up. Wasn't? Yeah, he was fired up on the bench. Jalen Suggs did that. So, um, yeah, shout out to him. I also, so you mentioned, but and, and we can move on after this. But I, I just want to mention that I thought a. UCLA played an unbelievable game. None of those kids have any reason to hold their heads down. I hope that – No, they-
2: and they knew that. Walking off the court, Rob, you could tell, like, Johnny Juzang was was doing this, looking up at the car. They knew they weren't supposed to be there. They weren't supposed to be there in the first place, and they weren't supposed to be there at the end of the game to where Jalen Suggs had to make that shot to knock him out.
1: Yeah, and it's not just that they weren't supposed to be there. Like They played – well enough to win that game, oh. they, beat, they beat anybody not named Gonzaga if they played or that Baylor.
2: way. Or Baylor.
1: I, they might even beat Baylor, man. Like, that was the, – the ability that they had to make tough shots throughout the entire uh, tournament. And know, maybe. How about this? How about this? They were 9 for 9 between 15 and 19 feet in between, like, the elbows extended. Really? Yeah. Cody Riley hit four 18-foot oh. jumps. These That are was really- insane. These are shots you, you, if you're Gonzaga, those are the shots you want them to take. If you're Gonzaga and you can get Johnny Juzang driving to his left and hitting a yep. pull up with Jalen Suggs with a hand in his face, a perfect contest yep. after being dogged the entire possession. Um, um, just unbelievable game. Like to me, that's that's what I'm going to remember more than anything else is that UCLA took every single punch, man. Like, there were three or four moments in that game. Where UCLA could have folded, just like they could have folded three or four different times throughout the season. When uh after the hook and hold, UCL uh, Gonzaga yeah. got off. And it looked like they were gonna they were ready to put that away. In overtime when Nemhard hit that step back three to put him up five with a minute left, and at the other end, Johnny Juzang banks home a three to to keep it close. It was the fight and the resiliency of that team just unbelievable. Man, there's not enough, not enough platitudes that you can give that UCLA team for the performance that they had last night.
2: I said it to you at the end last night uh, when I got back to the room. I- I'm glad the refs got the call right on the Timmy charge because that that could have changed. I mean, that was a game. If they get that call wrong, the game's over. Yep. The game's absolutely over. And uh, what, a- what a play by Drew Timmy to-, to take that charge. I mean, that's his fifth foul, um, but he's got to do it there. He's got to do it. And uh, it was the right call, but, man, you're just talking about again putting it in the refs' hands there, and and not an easy call to make. They 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 often screw that call up. I can't remember which official got it, but they got it right.
1: I think I think there were two that got it right. Um, yeah, I mean look, that one. I I am as anti charge as anybody, right? But that one right there was not the, well, the play that any of us have an issue with because Timmy was there for like 15 minutes, and Juzang just ran straight into him. Yeah. It's the ones where you undercut people that are in the air as a help defender right. that is those are the worst right that that's not the one I, I would prefer if standing there and getting run into was no longer a play in basketball but like there's nothing that that's no different right there than the foul that was called on Jalen Suggs when he ran into a guy setting a screen right like that was just he barreled him over i mean that's that's a foul every single time so it is what it is um all right, you have anything else on this game? Like we we literally did ninety minutes last night on this game. Like I, I could yeah, go. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I got plenty more on this game, but but what's happening? What else? Let's do. We'll do five more minutes on this, and we'll talk a little bit about Baylor's win, and we can talk about that the national title game, and then we can get out of it. I mean, you know, again, I I think what this game showed us is how
2: good that starting five is for Gonzaga, right? Like everybody did their part in this game. Suggs was obviously the hero. Uh, but Timmy, early in overtime, with four fouls, they went to him. They kept going him. They kept going him, right? And, and he showed how unstoppable he can be. Joel Yai, honestly, kept him in the game early, right? Like, Yai doesn't make shots. Nobody else is scoring early. Nobody. Kispert wasn't great. But I, I feel like the one thing Kispert always brings is, is this. The even keel. Even if he's not making shots, he, he's being aggressive. He just – he missed some easy shots, to be honest, which is unlike him. But he's the leader of that team, and Nemhard hit a huge three,
1: huge three. Kispert also made a couple of really, really big plays. Like some, of the, he hit some threes that were very important for UCLA or for Gonzaga being able to stay in that game. The dunk that he had coming through the lane, yes, was, um, a huge kind of yes. momentum play. Uh, and uh, I mean. And, again, UCLA had every answer. That was just – so let, let me ask you this. Where does that rank for you in terms of uh, greatest NCAA tournament games you've ever seen, greatest college basketball games you've ever seen? Like, where, where does that rank in the the, the pantheon of, of great games?
2: I mean, it might be two. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. Uh, in terms of the actual game, again, I think it's top three. I mean, Villanova, Carolina is obviously one for me. I don't know how it couldn't be, being that it was the the national title game and um, that play with that crowd. Again, the one thing that was missing here was the atmosphere. It might have been better on TV in a way for you guys.
1: And you couldn't you couldn't tell
2: on TV. Yeah. See, you could tell in in you know in the arena. You just kind of again you're looking around. I'm trying to find Bryce Drew. I, I, I mean, uh, early, I'm, I'm I'm trying to find, you know, who, whoever to look for. And I can't even find the people. I can't even find fans because they're all mixed among these damn cardboard cutouts. It, it's so, you, again, the game itself, I, I think, was top three probably of all time I've been to. I, I don't know how it wouldn't be. Uh, you had scoring. You had the, the Cinderella story. You had the team, you know fighting for perfection. You had every storyline. You had the the setup of the championship game. I, I'm not going to hide it. I wanted Gonzaga-Baylor. I didn't want UCLA-Baylor, to be honest. So it worked out perfect. You have this unbelievable game to get to what could be a, a historic game tomorrow night. So it, it was perfect. It was what the tournament needed too, Rob, because the tournament hadn't had one of these. It had good games, but it it hadn't had an epic game. And to have that epic game at that moment when everybody's watching, let's face it, a lot of casual fans aren't watching throughout the tournament. You know, my wife was watching last night. She didn't watch every game of the tournament. She picked in, in two. She watched a few here and there. But my wife and daughter both watched that that entire game, at least I think they did. Um, and that's where, again, it's one of those historic moments that people will never forget because, like you said, because of the shot. But the game leading up to the shot was equally
1: as as entertaining and dramatic. That's that's the thing about it for me is, you know, UCLA scored 1.33 points per possession and lost in overtime. Um, we had an opportunity to win at the buzzer in the final seconds of regulation. We had a game-tying bucket with three seconds left and then an answer to win the game with uh, the at, at the buzzer of, of time. but it was for me. So I think I, I would probably rank it as the greatest game that I've ever seen, um, because I just thought that the actual game itself, like throughout the the finish of of UCLA North Carolina, was better. Um, yes. I thought that the actual game itself, like that, there were n- neither team was ever ahead by more than seven points. Right, um, right. There was never a situation where anybody scored more than six straight points um, by themselves. I think that they were tied for, uh, like, I think it was at eleven minutes of the forty-five minutes of the game. There were twenty different lead changes. It just everything about the way that that actual game was played was stressful from the minute that the ball was tipped. And I don't know if you can necessarily say the same thing about Villanova, North Carolina. The ending was iconic. Um, the fact that it was for a national title meant that there was more on the line. But I think that I think that with the, the added pressure of playing for an undefeated season combined with um, with everything else that was going into this game, it's just – I don't know if there's a better one. I, I honestly again, cannot think of it. Like Ryan Monroe just said, it
2: reminded me of the Kentucky-Carolina game with the Luke May shot. All of this is true. All of this is true. The one thing, again, in the building was – I don't think at the time we realized it. I, I think it took some time to be able to reflect on the game itself because, again, it didn't have that emotion in the building. There was no air in the building. So I, I think, again, that's the biggest differentiator. The game itself was everybody's as good as Villanova Carolina, uh, every bit as good as Kentucky Carolina. Maybe better, but it, it just it lacked that one element that all those other games have, which was the crowd going bananas throughout, and then the eruption at the end of the game—the oohs, the ahs, all of it—we didn't have any of that in the building. It was just so surreal because of that, right? It was such a great game, but like you're looking—I'm looking at Borzello next to me, you know—and and, and that's that's all you're really looking at—the media people next to you. You're 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 watching Jalen Suggs and his teammates celebrate, but they're not really celebrating with anybody.
1: Well, all right. So, just be honest. The, the the biggest reason you didn't think it was one of the best games you've ever seen is because you had to sit next to Barzello to watch. It. That was bad. That was, yeah, that was not good. Let's talk a little bit about Baylor and Houston, because I thought that that was, everyone is, has has been discussing the fact that Jared Butler got it going and started shooting. it, And there you go. And now you get your Baylor head on. Everyone started the bottom talking boat. about the bottom boat. Uh, <laughs> how, how impressive it was that, uh, Jared Butler got going, and, and the fact that he's the difference maker, and, and I think it was everyday John turning into everyday John again that made yeah. all of the in the world for this team and this game, and and um, it was a simple yeah. fact like he, the threat Partly. that he provides as a roller in the in the ball screen stuff that that Baylor runs changed everything for him because I mean he had that little twelve foot push shot, uh, he had a dunk in the second half. Um, yep. he started rolling really really hard and what happened is like Houston wasn't able to cover both him and the guy in the weak side corner they decided that they were going to give up open corner threes which ended up just killing them they, they had no shot once they started giving those up and and uh so the fact that that he was able to get it going um were really um, it, it was they they needed that that's what, exactly what baylor needed
2: well what what,
1: what Baylor needed
2: you're right they needed someone in the front line because they had that in a while, right? Like, Mark Vidal is awesome, but, you know, he's so limited offensively. Um, I, I thought, the again, the biggest difference, and we knew that going in, was Baylor could match Houston's toughness. They, mm-hmm. they showed that. But what they had is guys that could make shots. Like, that That was the difference in that game, Rob, was they had guys that could make shots consistently, and Houston had won. Marcus Sasser, who made shots out of his ass. Like, Davion Mitchell did a good job on him, and he still made shots. The problem is Houston has two guys total that can make shots, and one of them honestly didn't show up in Quentin Grimes, You know, couldn't yeah. get off the shot. He, you he know, played know, so well in the
1: second half, but the game was already over by the chance of that.
2: Yeah, it didn't matter. didn't matter. I mean, first half was all that mattered. Baylor was absolutely dominant on both ends. They looked like the team that – um Again, as I wrote after the game, they looked like the team that we were questioning back in, in January and early February. Who was the best team in the country? Both teams were undefeated, Gonzaga well, and Bale.
1: That's that's the thing, and I hope people remember this, is that I, I went yeah. back and I January twenty eighth. That that morning, right? The night before, it, the, the January twentieth was a Thursday. The night before it was a Wednesday. And um, the night before was when Can- uh, Baylor went into Kansas State and beat him by 48 points. Right. Um, the next day, uh, Gonzaga played San Diego and beat him by 30 at San Diego. Yeah. But that morning, Thursday morning, we woke up and Baylor was the number one team in Ken Palms um, rankings. Number well, one. I didn't care. care COVID down, and they stopped. And they weren't able to practice forever. Like we we know those stories. You don't need to, to go back down that path. But, um, they were, on January 28th, ranked as the best team on Kenpon. So this idea that, that it's been Gonzaga and everybody else was is only the case because Baylor was not Baylor for, because they, they had an 18-day 18, week, uh, 18 day shutdown, and then they spent three weeks trying to get themselves right and get themselves back into shape after spending two and a half weeks sitting in an apartment doing nothing, just getting fat. So it was hey, – uh,
2: On February 2nd – no, we forget. On February 2nd, they went to Austin. And beat Texas by 14 points.
1: And then the shutdown came. Jeff, we have uh, we have people calling you a little bit biased for the hat that you have on. Can you I just, just show put him? the other hat on. What are you talking about? I just took this hat off. What would you He's like? He's got them both. He's got, both. He's got, he got them
2: both. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mixing them both up here. When well, we you, talked you about are, the Gonzaga you are,
1: game. You are, you are biased, but you, you're you just anti-UCLA and anti-Houston. Yeah, I'm
2: biased. biased. I wanted this game. This is the game I wanted. What do you want? All right, fine. I'll I'll, I'll go back to the damn Cal hat. No, all we're, right?
1: both, we're both on at the same time. Be, be a man. Show show I'm Michael. Put him in his place. Put them both on at the same time. Do it. No, no Michael me. ruined it for me.
2: He ruined it for me.
1: <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk. Let's talk about this game. We uh we had Sam Vecini, Deshaun Butler, and John Fanto on the stream last night, and we went in depth like forty five minutes on this game. Um. And uh, my, at least he got the joke. Michael's a good sport. We like you, Michael. Big guy. Um, so take me through uh, what you think, how this is going to play out, who you like um, and what you think the key matchup is going to end up being. Um, Man, I, I can't
2: wait. I, I hope Damian Mitchell and Jalen Suggs match up in this one. I, I would, I would like to think they will, Um, but I, I think it could rotate guys. Baylor, if I'm,
1: and obviously, they'll uh, have a lot of. I think the matchup is going to be Suggs on Mitchell, but yeah. Baylor's defense, like the, the what they do right. is they just do so much. I don't think that we're going to necessarily see Davion locked up.
2: Exactly, but 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 the initial matchup will probably be Mitchell. I would think on Suggs. Well,
1: uh, a, man, that is man. Like the, that's basically um, two guys as athletic as Robbie Hummel out there going going back and forth.
2: Um, I think the difference is going to be Baylor's front line and can they handle Drew Timmy. I, I really do. I, I think Vitals has got to stand the court, and and everyday John's got to be everyday John. And if, if they can get that, I think Baylor wins this game. I, I really do. I've said it all season. You know that. Uh, I, I love Gonzaga. Uh, I think Baylor's everybody's good. I think Jared Butler needed that first half you know, to start to get going, to see the ball go in from three. That was really important for him. I just think I like Baylor's top eight better. How's that? I, I like their – Gonzaga's top five
1: is elite level, but I like Baylor's top eight. Gonzaga doesn't have any depth. Like, I, when, when they go to those lineups when they have Anton Watson and Aaron Cook on the floor at the same time, that's yeah. when I'm when I'm like – Please, 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 please get one of them out. Please, please, please don't let it be like this. Please, 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 please. Um, those are the ones where you kind of stress a little bit. I can't imagine what actual Gonzaga fans are thinking when those when those guys are on the floor. Just- yeah, I mean,
2: Cook hasn't given him much, you know, and and, and Watson is just okay. But, but Baylor comes in, again, with Matthew Meyer, who's a weapon. Like, Matthew Meyer can explode. It wouldn't shock you if Matthew Meyer had 16 points tomorrow night in the championship game at all. And, and I thought it was really important for him. He's a, um, he's a confidence guy. A hundred percent. You can see it on his face. He, he wears it all on his sleeve. And I thought last night was so critical for him because not only did he make shots, about Meyer Matthew Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. Not only did he make shots, but he played physically in that game. He wasn't out tough. And I, and I think that's the biggest thing for him is once he realizes, yeah, yeah I'm good enough. Like, he doesn't think he's good enough. He, you could see it with him. But against Houston, it was like, holy shit, you know what? Like, these guys aren't that much tougher than In fact, like, I can play with these dudes, and I'm better than these dudes. I think the same thing has to happen for him against Gonzaga, where he says, like, yeah, like, okay, Jalen Suggs, Drew Timmy, like, I'm as talented as all you dudes. I'm the most talented guy on this Baylor team. So I can go in my length. My length is going to give – like that's the one thing those other Baylor guys don't have, right? Teague. Teague's got to be big in this game. He's got to make his shots. Again, Baylor's got to be able to – to me to control the tempo as much as anything.
1: Well, here's the problem is that Baylor wants to play just as fast as Gonzaga. Yeah, but they don't want to – not in this game well, no, I, I I do not believe that there's any chance that Scott Jr. is going to say we're going to do anything different. I think he's going to say we're going to play the way that we play. Like, I expect him to send three guys to the glass every single possession because that's the way that Baylor yep. plays. I expect him to attack the offensive glass. I expect him to push in transition. I expect him to do all of the same stuff that they always do every single game. Now, there's a couple things that I think are, are important to note here. One, I don't know how Gonzaga stops – the the Baylor ball screens, that's not Timmy's strength. Um, they're not they're not great in rotation. Uh, you can't switch because the, the idea of Drew Timmy trying to guard Davion Mitchell is just asking him to foul out. Um, if you get guys, I mean, I basically think you need Kispert on on Mitchell, otherwise you have no chance of guarding him. Anytime you send help, he is too good of a passer. He's the, and they're the best three point shooting team in the country. So I don't know how they're going to guard him. I thought it was really interesting that they would blitz the ball screens with Timmy just trap every time that uh, UCLA came off a ball screen. And I think you're going to have to do that and then hope that you can, you can move in rotation well enough to keep Baylor from getting wide open looks and then hope that they miss the contested threes that they get. But I think that this is a very, very advantageous matchup for Baylor offensively. Um, The problem is one, any missed shot, they're going to send enough people to the glass. If Baylor or Gonzaga gets a defensive rebound, they're off and running and they're going to get layups. How, how effectively can they get out and transition um, how often can they get in transition? How many layups are you going to get in transition matters. I also think they'll be able to run off of makes because of the fact that there's going to be three people in the line crashing the glass for Baylor. Uh, the other part of it is for Gonzaga, like the way that you want to beat this Baylor no middle defense in the half court is to have bigger guards that can make those probing baseline drives and pick people out as soon as, as soon as Baylor rotates. We've talked about this, the what Baylor does is they force you to drive to the baseline so that they can help as soon as you put the ball on the floor, because they know where you're going to go. They know which direction you're going to drive, so they can anticipate it and send the help uh, before uh, before you make a move. Um, and officiating, then,
2: officiating is going to be huge in this
1: game. Yeah,
2: absolutely okay. huge.
1: Yep, yep, yep. If they can right. keep it to me way.
2: again, and Suggs' decision making is going to be huge in this game, right? I mean, think about that. What are you watching, Rob? somebody says you're watching newcastle is that true
1: yeah i am and i'm I'm sweating it because they just scored and i'm you don't we don't need to talk about that right now really <laughs> yeah it's bad it's bad uh, um all right i know it's easter
2: for you so let, let's 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 wrap this so you can get your 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 easter uh
1: bunny outfit on i, I want to see your easter bunny outfit Jose Mourinho's got to get fired. Can we can we do a live stream about that? Jose Mourinho needs to get fired. Get him out. Of the court. All I know is we, we, we saw Adam Morrison on the on the street
2: last night. Borzello and I were walking, and uh, borzello has got his Chelsea jacket on or whatever. Uh, I guess Amo is a big uh, Chelsea fan too. Or I do They talk soccer for five minutes. I'm like, get me out of here. Just get me out of here. Yeah, they. I, well, the best part is wait, the the best part is. We're going to try to get Adam Morrison today. I'll try to get him on a pod.
1: Hey, we got one back, baby. Let's go. Let's go. We got one back, good man. Here we go. Hey, you're, telling me two, here,
2: you're telling me two goals happen within like a minute? Let's go. Has that ever happened in that sport?
1: Whenever Tottenham plays, yes, because all they do is give up goals. They're terrible. I hate them. All right. I'm going to go because i got to do Easter. Right. Now, I'm going to watch this game, and i got to sweat it out, and I'm sick of talking to you. Later. <laughs> Later.